the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. And thank you, boys and girls. You're going to listen really well for these ne- over these next few moments. Are you going to listen really well? Good. One of you is going to listen really well. Wonderful. So over the month of September as a church, and by the way, I'm speaking to everyone this morning, okay? Um, and this is really important because this month we've been thinking about our vision as a church. In other words, we've been thinking about the church that we want to be, the church that we're becoming, uh, and the church that we really want to be. It's been really, really important this month. And there are three things that we've been looking at by way of recap. And the three things are this. We want to be a church here going deeper as disciples, growing closer as family, and reaching wider in our witness. So we want to be going deeper as disciples, We want to know Jesus even more. We want to know our God and what it means to know him. We want to know him deeply. We want to grow closer as a family, a church family. And then we want to reach wider in our witness. We want to tell more and more people about Jesus. So one verse today that I want us to focus on is this, Acts chapter 2, if you take a look at the screen, Acts 2, 47, where it says that the early church, these early Christians were praising God and they were enjoying the favor of all the people. Okay, so in other words, things were going pretty well for this early church, this gathering of believers. They were praising God and they were enjoying the favor of all of the people around them. And then we read this incredible verse, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm going to read that again. Boys and girls, are you listening? And the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. Now, what I want you to do, just to keep you all awake, okay, boys and girls, whenever I say, okay, here's your trigger. Now, you need to listen really carefully. This is how I'm going to test your listening skills, okay? Whenever I say, we are going deeper, we are growing closer, I want you to then shout, we are reaching wider, and I want you to throw your arms out wide, okay? So try that with me. We're going deeper, we are growing closer, and we are... Oh, you can do it louder than that. Okay, so we are going deeper. We're growing closer and we are reaching wider. Okay, so that's your cue. I want you to, so if you're listening, you'll hear that. And I want you to shout, we are reaching wider. Okay, so this verse, Acts 2.47, I'm going to break it down for us. Okay, this is really, really important because here's what we read. We're going to do it one little bit at a time. And the Lord. Who was the Lord? 
Who is the Lord? Who was at work in the church? Who was the one that they were living for? The Lord who? The Lord. Anyone? Yeah, Micah? Jesus, the Lord Jesus and the Lord. So the Lord Jesus was at the center of this church. He was the king. He was the head. He was at the center and the Lord. What was the Lord doing? And the Lord added. Look at that next word, added. Anyone good at maths? <laughs> None of us, me neither. The Lord added. Does that mean that, that, that their number was going up or their number was going down? The Lord added, going up. Okay, so the Lord added. So this little group of Christians, this little church, the Lord added, added to their number. The Lord was adding. But look at this next word, Daily. So people were joining their church. Was it every month? Was it every week? No, it was every single day. The Lord was adding daily, every single day to their number. Okay, so they were a little gathering of people to their number. They were gathering together to worship God, but God was adding to their number every day. This last, uh, this last phrase, those who were being saved does anybody know what that means? Those who were being saved. What were they being saved from? Does anybody know? What were they being saved from? From their sins. A star answer. What an answer. God was adding, the Lord was adding daily to their number. Those who were being saved from their sins, from the powers of darkness, even from hell itself. Because without Jesus, without being saved, without having salvation in Jesus' name, we cannot be with God. So God was adding to their number every single day those who were being saved. So we are going deeper. We are growing closer. We are... Reaching wide. Let's try it again. I want it much lighter than that. Okay. We are going deeper. We're growing closer. And we are much better. We are reaching wider as a church. Boys and girls, keep listening. Here's what our vision document says, adults in the room. Listen to this. Everyone listen to this. We want to be a church proclaiming a message so clearly that the community can't ignore it with a focus beyond filling empty pews but equipping every person for mission. A people so, listen to this, so kingdom-minded that they accept whatever the cost and pay any price to make Jesus known in the world. A people so compassionate that the vulnerable are drawn from the most impossible of circumstances into a family of hope. Do we believe that, Carmony Church? Okay, here's what else we want to see. We want to be a church influencing culture through the lives of its ordinary servants, both impacting the local community and reaching to the ends of the earth. A church that grows so quickly that our gatherings can't contain it, where all are welcomed, yet all are challenged. A church that doesn't expect the lost to come and find them, but one that seeks after those who are lost. We are going deeper. 
we are growing closer. And we are. You're getting sweets after. You definitely are. Good. Keep listening, boys and girls. We are growing. We are going deeper. We're going deeper with Jesus this year. We're growing closer as family, and we are reaching wider in our witness. I love this, by the way. I love this. I love this statement. But, but church family, what's this going to require from us? Let me say two things this morning. And I know, parents, by the way, don't worry about your kids. They're fine. I have it in hand here. It's all in hand. Don't worry about what's going on at the front. Two things. Number one, this is what it's going to require. It's going to require, listen very carefully, ordinary people, that's you and me, ordinary people doing extraordinary things in ordinary places, okay? Ordinary people, that's all of us, doing extraordinary things, telling other people about Jesus in all of our ordinary places, in your workplace, in your university campus, in your street, in your neighborhood, in the shops, ordinary people doing extraordinary things in very ordinary places. I call it the Daniel 11.32 principle where we read this, the people who know their God, that's us, shall be strong in him and carry out great exploits for him. That's what Daniel and his friends did in the Old Testament. They knew God. Because they knew God, they were strong in him and they did great things in his name. That's the first thing, ordinary people doing extraordinary things in very ordinary places. Number two, it will require a desire to live on the redemptive edge. Now stay with me. Boys and girls, we are going deeper. We're growing closer. Come on, your eyes should be in the front. Come on, who's listening? We're going deeper. We're growing closer. And we are? Good. We are reaching wider. Church family, it's going to require us to live on the redemptive edge. Now, I heard this recently because in a little course called the Missional Life Course, I think it's called, they talk about the redemptive edge. Look at this diagram. Following Jesus to the place where light confronts darkness with great love. So in the life of Jesus, what we see is the Son of God move away from comfort. Jesus did not settle for the comfortable. He went beyond caution. People said to him, don't go there. That might not be a good place to go. Sometimes great concern was raised for Jesus and his disciples. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to get killed for your faith. But they moved beyond concern. They were even prepared to take great criticism for the faith that they believed in. And when they got to that point of criticism, they went beyond the edge and towards the darkness of the world that they were living in. Paul in, in Romans 15 writes this, 20 to 22. Paul writes, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would be not building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see. Those who have not heard will understand. And then Paul says, this is why I've often been hindered from coming to you 
Paul didn't always make it to church because he was reaching out to those on the edges. He was confronting the darkness with the good news of King Jesus. Jesus went to the edges. Jesus went to the lost. Jesus always pressed through comfort, caution, concern, and even criticism to go head to head with the darkness. We know Jesus could have had everything very comfortable, but he didn't. We know those early believers could have had everything very comfortable had they wanted that, but they didn't. They were prepared to go, to reach wider, to go into the darkness with the good news of Jesus. Boys and girls, we're going deeper. We're growing closer and we are. You are with me. Thank you. You are with me. As Jesus reached wider, he upset many people. He upset the religious elite. People who didn't get it were upset with the message that he carried. He was constantly misunderstood, misrepresented. Jesus was wrongly accused, even to the point of death. But any mission that we go on, we must always be ready to count the cost to know that some people will not get us, to know that some people will misunderstand us, that we might be misrepresented, even wrongly accused, but we move beyond comfort. We move beyond caution, concern, and criticism. We go to the edges. We go to the lost with the good news of Jesus. See, we know that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. But what's our motivation Church families, we reach wider. What is our motivation? Is it for God was so fed up with the world that he sent his only son? Your answer was no, by the way. God was not so fed up with the world that he gave his only son. Was it that God was so angry with the world that he sent his only son? No. Repeat after me, what is it? God so loved the world. Well done, boys and girls, you got that. God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Our motivation is love, the love of God the Father. Nearly finished, listen very carefully. Jesus, the good shepherd, left the 99 to go after the one. It's the love of Jesus that leaves the 99 to go after the one. But it's the same love that made the father lovingly await and celebrate the return of his prodigal son. It's the same love that motivated the father to welcome home his prodigal son. It's this love that sends us to reach wider into our world. Boys and girls, are you listening? No? Oh, that's, I've lost you now. <laughs> you are, thank you. We're going deeper. We're growing closer and we are? Great, we're almost finished. We're going deeper. We're growing closer and we are reaching wider in the love of Jesus that sends us into this world 
Here is my challenge for all of us. Who is your one? Who is your one? Who does Jesus want you to leave the 99 for to run after with the love of God and the message of Jesus? Who is it? Who is your one? Who is your one? Secondly, who are your prodigals? This weighs heavily upon my heart and the hearts of others here because we know that within all of our families there are prodigals. There are those who have for one reason or another walked away from the love of the Father. Who is your one? Who is it? Who does God want you to leave the 99 for to run after? Who is the one? Who are the prodigals? Maybe it's the same person. Could be the same person. Maybe the one that the Lord wants you to pursue with everything that you have is the one whose heart is also prodigal. Okay, who is it? Who's the one? Who's the prodigal? And thirdly, have you got the love in your heart? Have you got the love of God the Father in your heart to pray for them, to pursue them with the love of Jesus, to never give up on them? Have you got the love of God in your heart? I want to pray that that love would be stirred up, that you would go after the one, that you would pray for the prodigals to come home, that the love of God the Father would be overflowing from your heart. So we're going we're gonna to close in prayer um, in a moment. Let me just uh, welcome our worship team to the front again. Well done, boys and girls. We are going deeper. We're reaching wider. And we are, sorry, we're going deeper. <laughs> Turning my own head inside out here. We're going deeper. We're growing closer. And this is going to be the lightest one you've done yet. And we are great we are reaching wider we are reaching wider we're going to the one going to the prodigals and we're reaching out into this community with the love of jesus that's in our heart um just before we sing i want to read something that i read in an article thank you for the gentleman in church who sent this through this week it's an article from uh, the spectator magazine and in that article there was some research that backs up what i've believed all along here's what it said if we can get that slide back up. One theory is that communities which make serious demands, this is church communities, communities which make serious demands are more likely to inspire serious commitment. I've believed this all along, that in church we ought to make really serious demands of our people, as in not heavy, not burdensome, but that we go with the love of God into our world, to the one, to the prodigals, to the lost, that we're serious about reaching wider in witness. Communities which make serious demands of the gospel are more likely to inspire serious commitment. And then the article continued and it says this, in Britain, those trimming faith to fit in with culture have tended to shrink, but those offering a full fat faith, listen to this, vividly supernatural have tended to grow. This is as true of the ultra-liturgical orthodox, I'm not sure what that looks like, 
as it is of the ultra-informal Pentecostals. We don't trim our faith to fit in with culture. That's a shrink game. That will get us nowhere. And we see it all across this world. Instead, we bring a full fat faith, vividly supernatural. And we ask the Lord to add to our number daily those who are being saved, motivated by the love of the Lord. So we're going to pray for everyone. Boys and girls, you've listened really well. It's midday. Earlier than usual, but that's good this morning, isn't it? <laughs> we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Here's our verse for today. The Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. I'm going to pray for each group in our church family, starting with the youngest. So any boys and girls in the room, can you just stand for me? If you're primary school age or younger, just stand for me wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. Stand up. I know some of you are standing and I can't see you because you're so small. If you're of primary school age, please just stand for me. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to come to the front, you can. In fact, see if you're at the front. Stand on the stage and face our church family if you want to do that. I want them to see you. We're going to pray for you now. We're going to pray for our boys and girls. Good. We love you so much. I hope you know that. We love you so much. Every single one of you. As a church, we love you. And so we're going to pray for you now. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the boys and girls in our church family. We love them so much. But we know that your love for them is even greater than ours. And so, Father, we pray for your blessing upon them. And we pray that they would go deeper as followers of Jesus that they would grow closer in their sense of family here in this church and that you would help them to reach wider in their faith. Bless our boys and girls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You stay standing. Any teenagers or young people in the room, stand up for me. I know you hate this kind of stuff. If you're a teenager, stand up for me. I'm praying for you. Where are you, teenagers? Stand up. We've been on this journey together. There's more than three teenagers in the room. <laughs> Great, I can see you now, yeah. Any of our young people, our teenagers, we love you. We love you so much. And we see what God has put into your hearts. And we're praying that that would come out. That as you go forward in this year, we're, we're talking about vision here as a church family. This is for you as well. We want you to be part of this. We want you to understand who Jesus is and what he has done for you. And we love you. And we want you to go back into the world and make him known. So Heavenly Father, we pray for all of our young people, all of the teenagers who are part of this church. Bless them, Father. Show them your love. And we pray that the deepest desire of their hearts would be to go deeper, to grow closer, and to reach wider. In Jesus' name, amen. Moving on, um, university students, young adults, wherever you are, stand. Hey, you guys are awesome. Okay, they're not all over here. Wow, got to change that. Move around, you guys.
the creative impulse of the Father is within you. We love your presence here. We love what you bring. And we don't just believe that you're the future leaders within the church. Some of you may well be, but we believe that God has called you to lead now, to be part of what he is doing right now within the life of our church and wherever he sent you. So Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless our young adults, our students, that they would know that your power lives within them, that they would be so passionate about who you are that it's infectious to all that they meet. May they understand, Father, that the image of God is within them, that they reflect you in this world. May they step out with confidence and courage in that calling. May they go deeper with you. May they grow closer with us and with one another. And Father, we pray that they would reach wider in their witness, that you would empower them to do so, that their number would increase among us in Jesus' name. Amen. You're still with me, okay? If you're, this is going to be dodgy now. Age 25 to 65, that's massive. You are the heartbeat of our church. Stand with me now. And young adults, keep standing. Teenager, everyone's going to be standing. You haven't twigged onto that yet. Everyone will be standing by the end of this. Twenty-five to it's massive. Sixty-five. I'm in your group. Okay. This is a church family moment, by the way. These moments are very special. We don't do this kind of thing often. You may be here this morning. You may be single. You may be young and in love with someone not yet married. You may be married, you might not have any children. You may be married and have lots of kids. You may be a little bit older, your kids are grown up. Maybe something of what we've shared about this morning has resonated in your heart. Maybe you're even a grandparent within our church. We love you all. You're the heartbeat. You serve and lead us so well. We want you to know that, that we love your presence here. So Heavenly Father, we pray for that kind of economically active category within the life of this church for what they bring, for their energy, for their service, for their love, for their experience. All kinds of heartaches experienced along the way. And yet, Father, we pray that you would pour life into those here on their feet not only in their own individual lives, but within their families. Lord, and right across the, the circles of influence which they keep, may they go deeper. May they desire to grow closer. And may they too reach wider in their witness. In Jesus' name, amen. And now finally, my favorite people, stand on your feet. All you 65 plus. Hey, everyone should be standing. I can't think of, I haven't missed anyone. <laughs> 65 to 105. <laughs> Remember what I said a few weeks ago? You have not had your day. We repeat that again. You have not had your day. Your time is not up. The Lord still wants to use you in this church family to pray, to serve, 
to give, to bless, to pass on your knowledge and your wisdom and your experience that we all so desperately need. We love you very much. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that for those of an upper age within our church, that you would richly bless them, that they would understand that they have not had their day, that they would continue to love and give and serve in a way that is just um, an incredible example to every single one of us who follow in their footsteps. Bless them, we pray. May they be encouraged this morning through all that they've heard. Father, we thank you for our church family. We recommit ourselves to another year. Lord, in many ways, the noise that we hear right now is just the way our church is, full of life, full of all stages of life. And Lord, we thank you for, for it all. We thank you for everything you've given us. So we worship you now, Father. We recommit our hearts to you, and we pray that you would lead us as we worship our God who saves our God who has given us life. We surrender everything once again to him. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.